Hello and welcome to Soundwaves, the official podcast of the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust. I hope you're doing well. One of the most impactful parts of a trust trip, if not the most impactful, is when young people come together. It might be the first time they've met someone else their age who's been through what they've been through. It's the first time they find people who can relate and empathise, instead of always feeling a little distant, like it's impossible for their friends and family to truly understand unless they've experienced it too. That's the ethos behind Alike as well. Described as a community for people with cancer by people with cancer, this week we're talking to its founder Brad and one of its trustees, Rachel. We talk about what led Brad to setting up Alike, his own experiences with loneliness and isolation, the difference it makes having a community around you. Rachel has a long history with the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust too, so we talk about the similarities she's seen when people are brought together. So here it is, my conversation with Brad and Rachel. We hope you enjoy. Hi Brad, hi Rachel, thank you so much for joining us this week. So Brad, for those who don't know, what is Alike and where did the idea for it come from? So Alike is a brand new charity created to combat loneliness and isolation amongst people impacted by cancer. Originally, we were created specifically for young people. Um, It came from and stems from my own experience with being diagnosed with leukemia at a young age. I was diagnosed with leukemia at age 19 Um, recovered quite quickly Um, but then I faced a relapse at age 24 and it was at this time when I was in hospital for about two months two months straight I developed the idea having taken inspiration from a lot of other organizations that have really utilized digital both in the charity sector and in the corporate sector and uh, within business and just thought that there was nothing really like platforms such as like Bumble, such as um, like Facebook and Instagram dedicated to people that have been impacted by cancer. So whilst we started being specifically for young people, as we've grown and evolved, we've become, um, we've decided to just be available to everybody impacted by cancer, but our target audience is is younger people and digital natives. We've recently just launched our uh, new iOS and Android peer support app which we want to so because the whole aim of our charity is to utilize digital technology because it's available to everybody as long as you have an internet connection so we believe that that's the best way for us to achieve our mission you talked there about having had two diagnoses yourself and it was in the second one that was you were in hospital for two months and that's where the idea comes from was there a moment in that second one where you realized oh there's something missing here and i'm going to facilitate what is missing Yes. So it sounds really tragic, but loneliness and isolation has actually been a large part of my life, even before cancer. So I come from a village in the middle of rural England, in the middle of northeast England. Wonderful, wonderful village, had a fantastic upbringing. But I was closeted for most of my life. At age 17, I came out the closet and had a fantastic coming out, Um, was able to, for the first time, actually create genuine friendships and genuine connections because I'd been hiding such a fundamental part of who I was for such a long time. So at that point, I felt um, it was a new beginning for me and I was able to express who I was, who I am, who I loved um, and be very open about it. So at 17 was thinking, yes, uh, finally, like I am who I am, was going uh, was going out with friends in different cities throughout the Northeast and the Northwest and just really starting to embrace who I was and getting to grips with my identity. And then was diagnosed with leukemia at 19. And we all know, especially people who've been impacted by cancer, 
too well how much cancer can strip you of that identity and then make you feel lonely. So a like has kind of, it's really difficult to explain because I could be sat here all, all night actually because a like is such a big part of my story, but my story is not the only thing that makes a like special. Um, so after my first incident, incident with cancer, I moved down to London and started working in different industries that I was really excited about, fashion and business, um, all the whilst volunteering for organizations that supported me when I was diagnosed with leukemia. So Click Sergeant being one of them, um, and just absolutely adored the, the concept of being a service user and then sitting down with the chief executive, the trustees, and talking about how to improve the charity. It was it was a concept that was completely new to me. It's like, oh my God, this is such a great idea. So dove into it and did as much as I could because I was so passionate about it. I was like, finally, someone's listening to me. Like someone's actually really validating my experiences. Um, so I was doing all of this whilst meeting some other incredible people that worked in different industries, just really expanding my network and my knowledge. I became a member of the NHS Youth Forum. I started working directly with the NHS to improve not just cancer services, but all services that young people were using across England. And then at that point, that's when I relapsed. So in my hospital bed, I'd had two, three years of working in charity, working with the NHS, meeting some incredible people. So Alike was, Alike has, has been for me, kind of the culmination of so many of my life experiences. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. And you mentioned there that loneliness and isolation. It's something we hear so much at the Trust as well. What would you say the difference is between going through cancer without people of a similar age who've been there too and going through it with an understanding, support network and community? So I think the common misconception is that loneliness is the removal of other people. I think loneliness and isolation is such a complex emotion and it's something that is so is defined just by individuals and differently of course as the universal definition but it's it's a feeling right and that's very difficult to put into words you can feel lonely in a room full of people and there's actually been research that shows if you are facing trauma and you're you need to speak to somebody you need to seek peer support simply being surrounded by people doesn't help it actually can be detrimental to your mental health peer support is helps with your mental health that's been proven um time and time again i think now the argument is how can peer support um and speaking to other people aid not just mental health but physical health loneliness chronic loneliness can increase mortality by 26 percent so there's a huge argument to be made here that when you're going through cancer and you don't have people to speak to it's not only really traumatic, it's actually making you feel worse mentally and physically. So that's, that's the way I would describe it. I think it's, it's such a complex issue, um, but all we know, and it's something that I learned through Click Sergeant and meeting some incredible people like Rachel, is that there's so many different things that make us unique and make our stories unique. But I was meeting hundreds of people from across the country that have been impacted by cancer and of all ages as well. And the common thread that linked us all together, not just cancer, was the feelings of loneliness and isolation. So many people were saying is we need more peer support. We need better peer support. We need tailored peer support. And especially people in rural areas where charities, unfortunately, 
um, are failing with reach and organizations like Click Sergeant, like members of the coalition have been super honest about that. It's like, we, we really want to get to people, but we don't know how, how can we do it? And that's why I really believe in co-production as well. And that brings us nicely onto the like app as well that just launched. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about what actually using the app is like, how you navigate it and connect with others? Definitely. So we made sure to design something and build something that was fit for purpose. And I know that sounds so much easier said than done, but what's the point of putting a lot of energy into something when it's not just, it's not going to work. So we worked with a variety of different focus groups that compromised solely of people that have been impacted by cancer, differences in ages, differences in demographics, making sure that we were um, building something that was fit for purpose. So it's not just an Instagram for cancer patients. It's not just a forum. It's a purpose-built platform that enables you to flick through a deck of cards featuring people with, and it shows you their photograph, their profile photo, shows you their name, their age, their diagnosis, but also more importantly, their interests and their story, because you don't just connect based on cancer diagnosis, you build friendships and connections based on mutual experiences and interests. And that's what's so, so important is that tailored experience. You're able to send waves, you're able to send messages, you're able to filter based on age as well, which we know is really important for younger demographics, speaking to other young people who have been impacted by cancer, and as well as a, a feed very similar to your Instagrams, which enables you to share user-generated content, but we've got our own unique twist on it when it comes to liking and engaging with the with the posts, which I'll keep because I'd let, I, I want listeners to go and explore it and um, have a little play around with it. But it's a purpose-built platform that we've made sure that it isn't just oh, here's, here's a forum and share a status, which works for some people, but it doesn't work for others. In this space, we want you to freely express yourself and create those really meaningful connections. I love that intriguing mystery there. What a hook, what a hook. <laughs> and I was doing some reading up on Alike's website, which is alike.org.uk, uh, for those listening, and was reading a little about you, and it said you've worked to advocate on behalf of young people, and you've petition the government to offer more support to those being treated for cancer. Can you tell us a little bit about what that support is that you're wanting to see? So it was a while ago um, uh, and it was when I was working in public relations and fashion and it was so it was such a bizarre experience like working in fashion PR and then being like oh so I'm just popping off down to parliament <laughs> to share my experience. It, honestly people Kept, always looked at me absolutely like bizarre and be like why why what, what how were you doing that why are you doing that it always raised so much more questions um so what one thing that I remember that I was really committed to um and click sergeant gave me the platform is shaping the way the department for working pensions did the personal independence payment criteria for young people impacted by cancer I remember the first time I applied for, for PIP, I went through a really bad time with it. Uh, I was diagnosed in 2013 and PIP was rolled out that same year and it got better, uh, but the criteria meant that I wasn't entitled to things I should have been entitled to. The waits were really long. The assessments were quite arduous and tricky and it was just not a great experience for someone who had experienced cancer. And it's another example that as soon as I started meeting other people and we'd all talk about PIP, everyone would then go, oh my God, wasn't the assessment awful? Wasn't, weren't the questions really difficult? You didn't really know what to do. It's so arbitrary. 
So I worked with Click Sergeant and other young people sharing our experiences and stories to, to overhaul PIP and how they accounted for young people going through cancer and what that meant. It didn't just mean that when you're going through cancer, you're bedridden and in hospital being hooked up to an IV, like cancer is a hidden disability in so many cases. So it's please don't just take things at face value. You have to really dissect how this does impact people and how cancer can strip people of their independence. So that's something that I am really, really proud of. Rachel, it's good to see you. Could you tell us about how you got involved with the lake and why you wanted to? Yeah, sure. So um, I know Brad um, about quite a few years now. So I first met Brad through some of the cancer charities um, that we were both volunteering for. Um, and just basically when I first heard about um, Alike and sort of the idea of the app, I was just, I just completely knew that I wanted to be involved because it just seemed like such an amazing idea. So I've got a personal experience of cancer as well. So I had, well, I have lymphoma. Um, I was first diagnosed when I was 13. Uh, it was back in 2005, which feels a very long time ago now. Um, but yeah, I had chemotherapy then, sort of missed a couple of years of school, which, yeah, which I found really difficult. But kind of like, like Brad was saying, it was actually when I relapsed that I found it almost the most difficult. Um, so that was in 2014. And kind of that was the time that I sort of finished university and all of my friends were sort of starting out their careers, moving away from home, like really exciting time of your life in your early 20s when everyone's sort of just branching out. But yeah, that was when I relapsed and wasn't able to work for a while. And yeah, then it was like the loneliness and the isolation really hit me. But it was around that time that I actually started doing more sort of volunteering work for cancer charities and just meeting people through those charities. It was just... I think like, in a way I didn't actually realise how much of a gap there was in my life of having people who understood until I met other people who understood and I could just say something about chronic fatigue and then suddenly like five people would just be like yep I instantly know what that means and it was just such a like light bulb moment of like this is so helpful so yeah that really helped me so as soon as I heard about a sort of the like app being developed I was I just knew instantly that that would be so helpful and that was something that was really missing for me that I would have really loved. Um, yeah, so I was lucky enough to be accepted as a trustee onto the Alike board. And yeah, we've been having sort of regular meetings and just super excited that it's now launched and people are actually starting to use it. When you talk about the isolation you experienced the second time round and you were sort of, was it that moment when you were seeing your friends and peers go off to their own lives and stuff and you were still sort of going through it was that the moment you're thinking I'm recognizing that isolation is a bit of a problem here yeah and I think social media is probably one of the things that doesn't help with that because I was just stuck on my own um sort of in my room just not feeling well and then I'd see my friends posting about you know, someone's got a promotion at work someone's been off traveling here and yeah it's just kind of like really just hit home that I really wanted to be doing these things yeah, I mean, to be honest, like COVID has kind of been a similar-ish experience in some ways, because um, the lymphoma means that I'm in the clinically extremely vulnerable group, so the shielders. So it means that I've had to be kind of extra careful over the last year. So even sort of basic things like my friends have been able to go to a shop, whereas it's been advised that I haven't. You know, that's kind of the loneliness and isolation as well. So. Yeah, I think I think with COVID, this Alike app is probably even more important now than it um, ever has been. And you have this amazing history with the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust as well, stretching back to about 2006, I think. 
and your relationship with it has kind of changed over the years from being someone who is supported to someone doing the supporting as a volunteer. What are the similarities you see in bringing people together on a trust trip and on a like? Yeah, so um, Edinburgh Carter Cancer Trust was actually the sort of the first cancer charity I had any kind of involvement with. Um, so yeah, as you say, I went on my first trip as a scared little 15 year old um, back in 2006. And yeah, I just absolutely loved it. It was just such an amazing experience. Um, yeah, just meeting people and getting the chance to sort of do something new, go sailing. Yeah, I, I just loved it that I could go to school and tell everyone that I've been sailing over the summer. It wasn't just like, oh, I've been to hospital appointments. Suddenly I could be like, yeah, I've been sailing. That's really cool. Yeah, and then sort of since I turned 18, I've just been volunteering with the Trust, um, which I absolutely love because, again, it's just seeing sort of the change that meeting other people with cancer can bring about. So like, yeah, when you've got young people, sort of like I was when I was 15 or possibly younger, possibly older, they're coming on their trip for the first time know maybe quite recently out of treatment they don't really know what to expect and then suddenly when you see them sort of talking to other people with cancer and you have some of those conversations on the boat you can just see sort of how much of a difference it's making and that's kind of what I'm hoping will come from alike as well that when we sort of see some of the conversations and I think that's already happening when I sort of look through the app you can see some people are asking questions you know they're concerned about something or they're wondering does anyone else feel the same way and you can see other people commenting and saying like, yeah, I felt that way too. And it's just something so sort of empowering about someone just saying me too, especially if you've been so isolated and alone for so long, just having someone say like, yeah, I felt that way too. It can just be you know, so, yeah, such an amazing feeling. You recently wrote a My Life Now feature for the Trust's website. And in that you wrote about how you're motivated by things that make a difference to people's lives. In what ways do you think your involvement with a lake and with the trust is helping that happen? Yeah, so and in terms of, sort of yeah, finding out what motivates me, I think that's something I actually learned from volunteering with the trust. Because um, I just, when I volunteered for the trust and um, sort of could see that I was helping other people, um, you know, that was just such an amazing kind of feeling for me. And I was like, I just realised that's what really motivates me. Um, so that's sort of what made me really want to get involved with a lake. Um, because I could, I could instantly knew that that app is going to help other people so much. Um, so yeah, it just kind of, this is why I sort of do things for the charity in the evenings um, after work. It's just that you can see it helping other people and just the conversations that are already happening that are obviously it's only going to get better and better as the app grows and more and more people join this as well. Um, you can just see that it's just going to be helping people. Can I ask, what changes have you both seen in other people when they're brought together? Rachel, you have a like and the trust as reference points. Do you see the benefits the moment people start to open up and relax more? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, on the saving trips, you can just, you can sort of see people's just the way their body language changes, the way that sort of at the beginning of the trips, they're maybe just sort of sat on their own. And then by the end of the trip, you, you can't get a word in on the boat. Like everyone's just talking so much. Um, and it kind of feels like kind of similar for a like as well. Some people are sort of posting their first post and they might be a bit sort of nervous saying like, hi, don't really know what to say here. Um, but then you can sort of see them getting into conversations and you just really start to open up and yeah, just meet other people with similar experiences. Um, but I think also it's not just 
all about cancer you know obviously we've all got the shared experience of having cancer but we're all people as well when it's not I don't think that cancer defines any of us so it's also through the trust and through like you meet other people who just have other things in common with as well and you can actually talk about things that aren't just cancer. And what about yourself Brad with a like with all the work you've put in already what are those changes you see in people when they have a place to relate and empathize and share? Well, I find it quite criminal that I am on the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Podcast and I've heard nothing but magical things about the charity and I've never been on a sailing trip. Um, so, right, I know, it's, it's a shock. definitely need to go. What will I, I definitely on my next year? I know, I definitely need to go. So um, I am doing this as a, as a hint, hint, <laughs> that I would love to come and check it out because I've honestly heard nothing but wonderful things, like magical things. And that that type of hearing magical things and hearing because that is it right I, it sounds it's wrapped up in cliche I know but it's how else do you say it that it is a it's such a special connection finding that group of people that just understand you and it's peer support is universal and understanding is universal as well we're just applying something that is already known to a group of people that really need it that's all um, and we're working with people to do that too, which is also super special because I get a lot of peer support from all of the amazing organizations that we work with, Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust being one of them. So all I would say is what I remember it being was just being just being seen, I think. And when I say being seen, I mean everything about it being heard, being seen, being felt that I belonged and yeah, and I, I don't really know how you put that into words, but what we're wanting to do is work with people, kind of get get that feeling, put it in a bottle like lightning and just spread it around the country for people that really need it um, and provide opportunities for young people to go on amazing experiences like sailing with the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust to meet other people in person because whilst we want to utilize digital and make it make services available to everybody, nothing can beat a hug, nothing can beat an in-person conversation when you're meeting face-to-face, eye-to-eye, and, and sharing the most intimate experiences, the most, and some of it trauma as well, and having that person just nodding, listening intently, and can relate, and then you have a hug, oh, it's so special, it's giving me goose pimples, and that's what we want to give to everybody. Simply put, that's what we want everybody to experience. I think a good way to round off would be if you have any words for people who are listening right now, maybe they're still in that stage where it feels like a lonely thing that's happening to them. What would you say, Brad, what would you say to them? So, of course, I'd, uh, if they have been personally impacted by cancer, I'd tell them to download the Alike app. It is available on iOS and Android to download now. I would ask them if they haven't been um, involved in Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust to look into it, but I'm sure they do if they're here. So uh, what I would say as an instant tip though, is to be much more honest with loved ones around you. Um, Connection and peer support doesn't just come from other people impacted by cancer, it can come from your community. So I would say if you are struggling or you feel lonely and alone is reach out to a loved one and tell them that and be open and honest. I think sometimes our loved ones around us really struggle with knowing what to say and what to do. And the best way to deal with that is by just telling them how you're feeling. Um, And even if you don't know, even if you don't know yourself how you're feeling or what you're thinking, just talking to somebody about it just helps process. 
So I'd say they're my tips is just being or trying to be much more open with those people around you. And Rachel, what would you say? Yeah, I was going to say something similar about just reaching out for help. Um, but like, going through cancer is incredibly difficult. There's no sort of going around that and just sitting at home on your own, sort of pretending everything's okay. Because um, that's kind of what I tried to do for part of my, so after I relapsed, um, but then I realised that wasn't actually helpful. It was actually when I reached out to other people, that's when I really came to terms with my cancer diagnosis and was able to sort of move on and even see it in a slightly sort of positive light in terms of it being a not entirely bad experience. So it's just about reaching out. And I think if anyone's sort of a bit nervous about that, the Alike app is a great place to start because you can just download it and there's no obligation at all to post anything. You don't have to share anything to start with. You can literally just download it, have a week through what's on there. Um, so yeah, and then if, obviously if you feel comfortable, then you can reach out, then you can maybe think about going on a saving trip with the NMCAT Cancer Trust. There's so many sort of options for support that you can reach out for. But yeah, downloading the app, is just, I think it's a really great place to start. That's it for this week. Thank you so much to Brad and Rachel and you two for joining us. Like we mentioned in the conversation, Alike's website is alike.org.uk and you can find the app on iOS and Android. I'll put a link to the website in this episode description as well. And if you somehow missed it, go back and listen to our previous episode for all the latest from the Trust, including our plans for 2021 to get back out on the water, out to activity centres and back to in-person support this year. Until next time, take care.